Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetta. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And my special guest today is Zaki Ibrahim. She's fresh off the plane from South Africa. And we go way back. I first interviewed her in 2008. Eight when she released her album Eclectica Episodes in Purple. And Zaki Ibrahim has quite an interesting journey. She talks about some classic Toronto history. She drops some gems about the early days of District 6, a collective of people who were putting on shows and music, and when she was signed to Sony Music, and so much more. Zaki Ibrahim on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go! Please introduce yourself. I am Zaki Ibrahim, and I'm an artist. Welcome to the Come Up Show podcast, Zaki Ibrahim. Yo, thank you so much for having me. So where did you come back? Because you're jet lagged right now. I'm jet lagged. Yeah. I'm coming back from South Africa. Um, I did go through Ethiopia, but um, that wasn't, it was It was supposed to be my, I was supposed to spend two weeks there because there's another project I'm working on, an Ethiopian project. Um, but then I had to kind of go another route because I'm traveling with my son, my three-year-old son. And um, my host, the, the the person who I would be staying with, was invited um, kind of last minute to a can. Um, she's a filmmaker. And um, we had a few things lined up that side. And I'm working with musicians and, and a recording project and kind of a mentorship thing there as well. Like I'm being mentored by some musicians that side. Um, but there have been some demonstrations and they've been getting more frequent and more like violent Mm -hmm. so i was like "Mm, make a quick new plan yeah (laughs) so i had to kind of reconfigure some plans and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so and with having a three-year-old son you gotta really think about that maybe if you're by yourself you might take a chance maybe but like if exactly and i'm just kind of like not like that smart in that way so yeah i would be like oh yeah that sounds interesting let's (laughs) let's still do it yeah but yeah definitely not definitely Mm. not like we were he was gonna get put into i was gonna put him into a a preschool and like like nanny and like those kinds of plans and stuff like that but Mm. wasn't smart 
Yeah, so you're here now, uh, and I, I, I want to know uh, what's the value of travel because you go, you travel a lot, right? Or yeah, no? yeah, it's an invaluable. It is so, so, so valuable in everything I feel like I do because everything that I do is um, collaborative. Everything that I do, um, I feel like everything that we do, like as as humans, um, like we feed off of everything from like vibration to like you know just like a story an encounter like every we were constantly invigorated by um connection and connecting to different culture and connecting to different just like frequencies that exist in different cities i feel like cities countries places have personality as well in a way mm. so it all feeds into the creative Mm. And like, what's what's your? Because you're you're not just like, hey, I travel once a year or once every few years. Tell me the the itinerary usually. Like, I'm I'm born with a yeah. hot foot, so, um, I am definitely I've I've come to terms with being just nomadic, and um, movement is very good for me. Um, but yeah, it's every like three months, like the think three months is like the, the, the maximum that I stay in, in one place. One place. Um, mm. yeah, I think the longest I've stayed in, in one place was like giving birth and like, just like, even that it was like the last day that I was legally allowed to be on a, on a plane pregnant coming from, uh, it was Egypt, Beirut, um, and, uh, G Germany, was the last spot and they were like mm -mm, you're not getting on this plane I'm like I'm not this baby's not gonna be born in Germany <laughs> so yeah that was and then that was like a six month I was like okay that was you know mandatory it was mandatory <laughs> I had to chill for a second because I thought no it's cool like I had so much energy when I was pregnant I was like this is amazing like I want to have 10 kids this is awesome <laughs> and then I got like laid out mm -hmm. and um it was, it was crazy. Like I got, I was humbled by just how wrecked I felt afterwards. So I just chilled. Um, but yeah, otherwise I think I feel like um, I purposely set things up so that I'm able to keep moving. Hmm. Um, yeah. Why, why do you do that? Why is that necessary? Why is that important? It may not actually, as I, I feel like as I'm like, as I'm learning myself more, it doesn't necessarily mean that I, I may not necessarily need to move um, geographically um, because when you, I guess, setting things up just so that so that I can then, you know, be like, peace, I'm out. I'm going to do this other thing. I don't kind of complete the thing that I'm trying to do there, maybe, or that kind of thing. But also, I feel like um, I don't necessarily have to move um or like travel to a different country to shift into a different um uh just kind of shift vibe and kind of shift focus and then you know work on something else for a minute and then kind of that kind of thing um I feel like I'm learning that more that like wherever you go there you are that kind of thing right mm. um because in I guess in maybe the last decade or few decades um even like halfway into high school I was like I don't like this high school I'm gonna go to another high school like those kinds of things um f like kind of running away kind of being like feeling misunderstood everywhere and so running away from yourself is never a good mm. is never a good thing and I think that maybe I might be learning that that's just not necessary that like 
you yourself, you, you are okay. Like, you know, you are enough, that thing. So, mm. so it's actually, actually not necessary to constantly be moving and whatever. But I feel like I've just kind of set my life up to be on this nomadic path. Hmm. Um, so I interviewed you, I believe. I'm going to pull up a picture. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the album was Eclectica, Episodes in Purple, and in 2008. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm picking up, a, a, pulling up a picture of us on Flickr. Oh, my God. That's in 2008. Where was that? Where is that? That is in London, Ontario. We're on a, you're on a tour, tour bus. bus. Right. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about those times there in 2008, 2009. Let me just try to recall London, Ontario tour bus. It doesn't even have to what be no, 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 not specifically that oh. memory of like oh. who was that Zaki Ibrahim in uh, in two thousand and eight around that time. Interesting. She was a baby girl, was what she was. Um, she was yo. Interesting. That was. Um, I was I I got signed to to major to to Sony to Sony yeah. Um, and things just like sped up. I felt like I was like on this merry little, this merry little way, um, printed up, you know, the first, there was an EP before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, what was the EP called again? The EP before that was called show show. Ikra in orange. Mm. Um, and that was kind of, so that EP came out in 2006. Yes. And where were you in, in the country in like in Toronto? I was here in Toronto, yeah. Okay. So you put that out and then what? How did it, how did you get signed to Sony? They saw that or or what? Yeah, what they happened? saw that and they saw I think a couple of shows and it was just kind of before that like there were a couple of plays, there were a few like kind of bigger plays and it felt like not on purpose like showcasey kind of things and all of a sudden a lot more industry people. I'm trying to figure out what the the catalyst might have been specifically for for sony because yeah it was there was a lot going on it was district six music mm-hmm. um like we were just kind of these like renegade kids like promoting shows and stuff like that dave Gannett was the was the mastermind of the district six i had he'd been in south africa for a year prior and then we met um i was searching for a, a band that he was started to work with he had licensed and so before we met, we started to kind of work together. And then when I landed back in Toronto from being in South Africa, we started like, we should do this, this, and this, and this. And yeah, it's so dope. We should do the connect, connect. And then there was L, um, Eloquence, DJ Nana. Um, wow, wait, Mike District Stone. 6. It yeah. was what? Who? District 6. Okay. D6 Yo, you're dropping music. some like hip hop history right now. Okay, yeah. keep going. So Eloquence. <laughs> Eloquence, right? yeah. yeah. DJ, DJ Nana. Nana. Okay. Um... And um, Mike Stroh, he was like also kind of like he was kind of doing his own thing as well. He like he's who Mike Mike yeah. Stroh. Okay. Yeah, like Stroh, um, like S T R O R O G H. Okay. Mhm. Mhm. And he's 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 actually doing a lot of he's an activist um, in like he's working with mental health um, stuff and really really doing a, an amazing stuff there. Elle is also doing her thing like doing great like production stuff and and management stuff and like product like in a lot of the um theater world 
mm. and stuff like that as well. So L E L L E, like eloquence, like L apostrophe O. Eloquence. Oh, okay. Eloquence. Uh, eloquence. Not L eloquent, because sure. there's a no. DJ mean, named Eloquent producer. Eloquent. No, she's Guel. eloquence. She's okay, eloquence. Okay, great. All right. She's the original, actually. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna tell them. Uh, yeah. Uh, DJ Nana Mike Show. Eloquence. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, we all kind of just like gravitated towards each other and like did did some pretty like for for did some cool like um some shows like we brought um a south african group called to me in the volume um and dave dave did amazing work just like kind of putting putting them on the map in a way and pulling in all like from you know the remix fam to um brian espiritu to like che katari um like all people kind of just kind of being that was kind of the the squad like that was you know there was so much support at that time it was amazing to come up in toronto in that way Mm. So this is around um, 2006. Six, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the printing up of the disc, the first one, all of those very, very, it was also very organic. Yeah, that grassroots, grassroots kind of, you know, guerrilla marketing. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And then when, so, and then when Sony, the signing to Sony, I mean, it was almost like lots of plans were made, but it was kind of like, oh, we didn't really know what that whole world was like and it was kind of like yeah but we want to do things this way and i was also like i don't know who these people are what's going on and it felt like there was a lang there was a kind of language barrier or something and mm. but it was good i think everyone did have wonderful intentions at that time with that ep the like eclectica and stuff like that and i was on tour it felt all very like overwhelming and i was like wait 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 wait, wait. the identity of what this is feels like it's kind of shifting and i'm not sure where it's going the recordings all, they weren't touched, like the integrity of it and all of that stuff. I felt like it all kind of stayed in my care in in that way. Which is very important. Yeah. You hear those stories yeah. all the time, a label trying to meddle and put in yeah. like, oh, sh where's the radio single? And like, That's the thing. And right? I think that I, I did, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to do some writing sessions with so-and-so from these people that are hyped up and and so i felt like nah this doesn't feel okay cool but i'm gonna do it anyways none of that stuff got used but then um i did manage to protect the the integrity of the music mm. and then i went to south africa um there was actually nick holder who's also um one of, like I've heard nick of. holder so nick, nick holder, holder. Is, is probably best known for his his house music production mm. Nick from Holder here, from here too, from Toronto. He's from Toronto. He's from Scarborough. Okay. So he um, he's a hip hop producer. That then kind of like this happens to a lot of like house like big house house. They they're originally they're hip hop producers. Like there's Spina or there's like there's a lot of people that like they they end up doing one house track that like blows up and then all of a sudden they're house producers. So he's so well known for his house production and he's amazing. Like he's released so many so many records. Um, like he's definitely, he was like a mentor at the time. He was like a big brother. He was like, kind of like, let's go on tour. Like, come with me and we'll, we'll go to, he, he didn't want to fly at the time. And so he ended up finally, um, he had been invited to South Africa so many times. And then finally he, um, he was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go to South Africa. Why don't you roll with? I'm like, all right, cool. Um, then realized that he's like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know, not Michael Jackson, but he's huge in South Africa. Like people were stopping him in the streets 
and taking pictures like like losing their minds like screaming and like shaking and like can i have a picture with you wow with nick holder and he was like yo chill about it i was like what is going on did he like, even know though did he know was he this, knew that was this his first time in south africa at that time or no so south africa is yeah. the house it's like the house nation yeah and of course his house production just like wild wildfire in south africa and so he kind of had an idea because of all the the downloads or he had you know there were so many records sold and that kind of thing and there were much more records sold in south africa than he knew actually because there was a lot of bootlegging mm. that went on and so he actually when he finally went to south africa he's like i actually need to get a lawyer for this stuff. but like it was amazing because i got to go then to my place that i grew up in with this guy that had never been and into these different areas like we we went across kind of the the small town kind of rural towns like um yeah that kind of thing in house music is just like you'd see like three thousand people just like chilling in a car what they call it the car wash or there's like in like the township kind of barbecue spot and everyone's really serious about their house music and i was like oh this is house music because I just kind of sounded like, you know, just house music, like, mm, 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 whatever. And then I just saw it and I felt it and I was like, wow. And that's kind of where I connected with that, mm. um, that genre again, whatever. But then, so that was 2009. Okay. And um, there was this identity thing going on with Sony and me internally. And I just kind of was like, you know what? And there was some family stuff going on as well. Like I just kind of felt like I needed to, to connect again with my family, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna extend my my flight, my 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 trip here, figure some things out, and then I extended it again and again and again. And so I was like, I'm actually not coming back. That's just what my soul is telling me right now. Which I I did come back. How long did you stay there though? Um, I was there from 2009 until last year what <laughs> yeah but i kept coming back like every three months mainly because i didn't want to lose my residency in canada and because i was getting shows i would get re and it would just be like clockwork. shows back here in Toronto. yeah okay. like bookings either in vancouver or like in just kind of like not randomly because it was kind of randomly because it wasn't like a campaign or an album necessarily but there were like like true fans like smaller events and they'd be like yeah like we want to book you and i'd be like cool i'll do it you know like bring me over and like and and we'll and i'll spend like three months in canada and then so i ended up going back and forth this this last time as well and there was the uk and then there was a couple other places in between because the collaborations that happened in south africa were really interesting too hmm. yeah between 2009 till now 2018 2018 like nine years yeah crazy it you went in all so, sorts of directions so you can lose your residency if you're not in, living in a i don't know okay. how much so three about, months yeah. it yeah. was three months yeah. um i think officially you need to kind of like say look i'm not living here anymore mm. um but it, every three months something would happen or like every not necessarily three months maybe it was, sometimes it was like a month um, and I would just, you know, stop in and whatever, whatever. But yeah, that's really interesting. 
This episode is supported by the Breaking Convention at Sony Center for the Performing Arts. It's the world's biggest festival of hip-hop dance theater. You can see world champion crews and cutting-edge street dance companies live on stage. They're taking over the entire building with dance workshops, graffitis, DJs, and freestyle sessions for unforgettable hip-hop experience. Breaking Convention is happening Friday, June 1st and Saturday, June 2nd at the Sony Center for the Performing Arts. Tickets available at sonycenter.ca. So uh, uh, Zayn Ibrahim, uh, your father, yes, uh, was uh, the founder of Bush Radio, which is like one of South Africa's like most popular community radio stations, right? Uh, so how did he influence you? How did he shape you as a as a human being? As a human being, yeah. Um, he was a similar guy. He was a similar kind of like multi-dimensional <laughs> kind of thinker. He was drawn to a lot of mysticism. He was he had a lot of philosophies. He had he liked to make up things like this thing that I have written on my wrist. It says fools dine on what they know, the wise on what they don't. Um just to remain open minded and continue to learn and continue to grow and always kind of give way to that child inside and respect to that child inside and, you know, um, as far as like the kind of stuff that he did, I feel like, um, so he, your family lived in South Africa, but you guys moved? No, or no, no, no. My okay. family didn't live in South Africa. My family had okay. a house in, in Nanaimo. So my mom and dad had a house in Nanaimo. Okay. Um, they separated later on, but th- at the same time, they kind of never, they kind of crossed paths like, sorry. so, so they met, uh, they met on Vancouver Island. My mom was coming from England. Okay. Yeah. And my dad from South Africa. And somehow they made their way to this island um, deep in the bush. Like it was like this little town called Arrington. And everyone was living on like well water and like building their own houses. And so they wanted to do the same. Um, And they did. And then they had their kids and stuff like that. But then they continued. My dad's also nomadic. Um, and then my mom ended up being nomadic as well. She's a teacher. So she was like in China, she was living in, she, they all kind of moved around. And then they, when they did, when it crossed over, we'd spend these like interesting, uh, almost like chapters in chapters of life or windows of life, whatever in the, on the Island in Nanaimo in in our family home. But I was going back to South, back and forth to South Africa since I was three and living with my grandparents while my dad and mom were doing whatever they were doing. Your grandparents on your father's side. Yes, my dad's side. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, and then, so when did he have this whole radio station or? When so the radio happened? station was yeah. post-94. Yeah, post-94. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So Mandela's release, um, things were changing, the new South Africa was budding, um, and he... Um, post-1994. 1994. Okay. I thought that was the radio station post-94. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. So he went back and so he, he kind of was a tiny little radio station kind of in the, this little brick building thing that had, that was like, there, were, there was a factory inside, there was a, a thing. He ended up kind of really, he had been involved in a lot of media um, and broadcasting and stuff like that um, in other places in the world. But then going back to South Africa, he was like, he just, I think that, his passion was like, wow, these are my people. I need to speak. I need to give voices. That was the kind of things like being able to give voice to the community. 
because the community has no voice. So the building ended up turning into a, an entire institution where there's a broadcasting school um, and there was like a whole team of kind of fundraisers, um, you know, um, doing fundraising campaigns all over the world and stuff like that for this radio station. And he started setting up radio stations around the continent and that kind of thing. So it really grew, it really grew and his, his whole soul went into that thing. And so that in itself was very inspiring because it wasn't just about the radio station. It was about, you know, uplifting the people and speaking, being able to speak his truth and like learning and what he's doing and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. So I think that like, so were you it back inspired in, a lot back, of people. Were you back in Canada or were you in South Africa seeing that happen? In and out. In and out. In and out. Okay. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so musically then, what are you listening to? What are you hearing? What's influencing you? At that time? Yeah. Yo, it was mainly hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> it was mainly hip hop. It was most, mostly rhymes, a lot of like Jay Dilla. Um, just really kind of almost very kind of, I, I guess I... I didn't like I, I I hadn't even spent time in New York at that time, but I almost like fantasized this place, this like raw, um, expressive place, um, listening to Wu Tang, listening to like that kind of stuff, and um, singing was just kind of a thing that I just did, kind of thing, and then, um, but it was hip hop that brought me to the kind of creative path mm. and breaking down rhymes, breaking down. Um, just different, um, yeah, just basically kind of studying raps and the concepts around them, the cadences, the tone, that kind of thing, and beats. Like, I've always been a big fan of just, like, how are you, how a lot are you of studying? instrumental. Were you writing it down or just listening, that's it? or Listening well, yeah. to breaking it yeah. down, like, yeah. um, having the conversations, like, what does that really mean? Like, where do you think, why do you think that that was said? And, like, that punchline was dope. No, it wasn't. But uh, that kind of thing, like, hip-hop Olympics, like, you know what I mean? So... It was it was that kind of thing, and that was my youth, my youth and my entrance into like um, like DJ culture, um, beat making, like that. Like very much came out of that side. As a kid, I was listening to obscure stuff. I think like it would be like from Pink Floyd. Mm. So these are records. Like this is when you're in Nanaimo and in, in, in Nanaimo. Yeah. So my records, my records that I owned and I rinsed were were stuff like um, the Shades, the um, Anita Baker, rinsed. Mary J. Blige was like my homie. Um, she was with me the whole way. Um, there were just like those those records, and then also just kind of like. Um, classic records i don't know how to like like classic rock classic vocal mm. stuff and i'm trying to remember like some of the names there was a woman's voice um jesse norman she has a baritone voice hmm. and then i was interested it, it introduced to nina simone oh, and okay. i had been listening to her record for a little while and then my dad was like that's nina simone i was like that's a really weird name for a man <laughs> and then, like, i was drawn to this deep this deep tone female voice um like you thought she was a she was a man yeah okay okay yeah yeah i'm like this is really interesting she's got this really interesting he's got this really interesting texture and he's kind of yeah so um yeah it went all over the place the, the influences them but then when hip-hop was introduced it was i was maybe 14 it just changed everything changed do you remember the first record or first song 
hip hop song? Yeah, 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 or something that stuck out. Diggable planets. Wow. Okay. Um. And this is on like uh what a community radio in Vancouver. Public or? Enemy. Um. No, it was like my. I think my dad brought me the CD. Cause he was spending time in New York, and he had bumped ah. into a bunch of people. He like met Chuck D, and like it was all like interesting. He that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So he was very actually encouraging. The very first time when he was started speaking about hip hop and was like very like trying to be like you should listen to hip hop music. I was I was I was like no, I don't want to listen to hip hop music. That's if so was, funny. Yeah, anything yeah. to do with hip hop, he'd be like you should go do that. And I just thought that was kind of strange because. You know, as a teenager, he didn't he didn't want me to get out of the house. Like he was like, "No, you can't go to that party. Like you're too young. You're a, you're a girl. Like you can't. You know." Mm, but um, telling you to listen to hip hop. But you should. But I'm like, but it's a hip hop cipher. They're gonna be saying he's like, "All right, cool." You know. So I was allowed to go to hip hop events. Wow. Yeah. He was very protective of you, but then hip hop would like. Hip-hop? He didn't like mindless stuff. Okay. Like I remember him walking into to my room once, and I was listening to Mary J. Blige, and I was singing along, and he was like, "This is dumb. What do you mean? Like, what have I done? Like, please come back. You don't even know what you like." He was like breaking down the lyrics, like, "Why would you say that? Like, who cares? This is mindless." He, you know, he was critiquing this like the R and B, and I would be so upset. I'm like, "But it's just raw. Like, it's how you feel. You know, come on, baby, come back to me. What have I done? It's like, come on. Like, why are you? You know." But if it came to hip hop, he'd be like, um, analyze, analyze the the lyrics, like, um, understand language, understand, you know, because a lot of it was like raw and it sounded like, you know, he was like with a critical ear, like break down those lyrics. This might sound ignorant to one person, but it's how information is, you know, so it was very much. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that story. Uh, so getting back to the, the, the album, though, The Secret Life of Planets, I think you talked a little bit about it. You, you said the themes around the album are like meeting versions of yourselves over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this, I mean, there's a, there's a lot in there, but yeah, it is. It's, it's about um, versions of yourself, versions of... Well, during this time of the writing of this album, your father passed away. Yeah. And you uh, you had your son, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. it was like a four-month gap, I believe, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then you're writing this album. So t- t- tell me about that. I started to write the album before, before I got pregnant. <laughs> um, and it, the, the intention into the album was, the intention with the album was to kind of um go into like the whole the whole kind of like the idea that vibrational um vibration tone carries meaning that kind of thing myself and Alistair Johnson um co-writer and co-producer shout out Alistair Alistair mm. yeah but we got deep like it was cool like we kind of just a lot of our conversations back and forth were just about these these concepts of you know and a lot of symbolism like did you notice that this happened like what you know what kinds of things are popping up and like messaging and that kind of thing so we we were kind of just like um looking and and the way that the planets thing happened I'm not exactly sure how it came up but it just started to kind of become the focus like um Alistair started learning um Ableton so he started was like he was like I want to get better at Ableton so he started this blog 
which he called Musica Mandara, Music of the Spheres, which um, is the music that the planets emit, the vibration that creates a tone in the universe, mm. and everything carries tone. So These are actual sounds like harmony. what, like nature, like yeah. a rainfall, mm-hmm. like birds, eagles, like. Well, there's that like too. That, there's that too. There's a, it's yeah. just a symphony. It's just a, a bunch of things. Like we, if you look at sound being vibration, one sound and one vibration um, connecting with another sound um, can create either create dissonance or harmony, that kind of thing, and that's like the like comes to like it comes down to feelings and that kind of thing do you ever notice that this is how and then just kind of reading into topics about like how um i don't know like an example maybe it wasn't like just paying attention to things like how water would react to this kind of music or this kind of like i don't know just like tone and that kind of thing Mm. so at the same time like when it comes to making music um both of us believing that integrity is like key integrity as in like don't do any phony stuff so that you get like more followers or I don't know you whatever it is but just like um trying to figure out like real like how to create uh music that is 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 there ever as raw and real as possible is there every uh, ever any temptation when you there's something that's trendy stuff is happening yeah yeah and but that's the thing is that like that's real too if you're moved by something yeah. It's like you're moved by I was moved by Michael Jackson in such a big way. Yeah. I was moved by um a lot of pop music like growing up and stuff like that and a lot of it's like the nostalgia and stuff like that. So it's like almost like these it's that that music like you're like that's here before the boy. You know that kind of those moments and you're like but that's real. And so just go with that and like let's make that song. Let's make that that you know that thing and how hmm. you know when you were a kid and you were imagining making records like that's the that's that's the album we're gonna do kind of thing yeah like well that's like what you've been inspired by mm-hmm. but i'm talking about like stuff that may be popping right now and you're like you know what i can do that hmm. well a lot of this yeah. stuff it's like interesting because there's like this whole trap trap sound yeah and i still very much love beats and i love listening to beats like like future um and then, like, just listening to to the kinds of sounds and like the like, I, I'm a sucker for for beats. I'm a sucker for what like do you appreciate drums about, and about future? Just what? the beats. Yeah, <laughs> because I want to. If I see him, I'll probably slap him. Like I don't know. Like <laughs> Molly Percocet. Like come on, grown ass man. Anyway, but the beats are amazing, undeniable. I'll you know roll around listening to the beats loud and try there, to block there's, out. There's the... a there's a frequency there though, <laughs> there right? There is. There is. Yeah. Um. What's the other one? Um, ASAP. Uh, ASAP Rocky. Ranks. Shabal Ranks. ASAP Ferg. Yeah. ASAP Ferg. Yeah. That beat is insane. Like the cavern. Like it's got so much dimension. It's got so much power. It's, it's. So there's the eight oh eights. There's like this trap sound, um, which so you as a musician are seeing things differently, right? Like compared to the average consumer ear. Uh, what do you think it is that people are, you know, gravitating? This is it's like ear candy. What is it? What is there? People, yeah, um, ear candy is sometimes. I mean, people like to like something like the Shaba ranks as an example. You said there's so much going on there. What and you like? It's a sick beat. What do you think is happening there? No, there's not so much. The, yeah. That beat is dope because yeah. it has so much space. There's this cavity. It's almost like being in this cave. Of the beat takes you into a space. 
like it's a, it's a brilliant beat. It's got it's got depth. It's got like just the the production on it's beautiful. So what was the point? I'm not sure. I can't remember why. We were talking about like uh, what about stuff that's popping now, like that kind of thing. That might you know you might get yeah tempted by or like wanna you know yeah yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Temptation is real too, but like, I mean, that shows you yourself. Like, what you're, what you're tempted by is also showing you towards like what, what you, who you are as well. There's you know something I mean? that you like about it. You mean like, if there is something that you like or are tempted by, are you saying follow it or don't follow it or what? I'm just not like that. I don't think. Yeah. I like to kind of always kind of make things my own, and at the same time. After a while, like we we live in this cult, we live in a society or whatever. When you ear candy, you, you brought up, yeah, you were like, yeah, but what about that ear candy stuff? It's like, yeah, people will will take imitation anything because it's something that's similar to or familiar and is comforting in that way. So it's like ear comfort in a way, mm. right? To the point where like it becomes ridiculous because you can literally jack an entire beat or entire sound and just like do another one and cool and sell it because that's like, you know, that's, it's easy and it's a guaranteed ear candy thing. So during it, that, that became actually a very strong theme in the, in the album as well, because we were almost like laughing, like, Oh my God, like this is exactly that beat or this is exactly. And that's just how things are. Nothing is new. And that is also the reality is that everything that is here right now has always existed. And it, 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 it's like there's originality, but everything is made of everything else. Mm. Um, but then, like, you can kind of laugh because it's it's like McDonald's and McDowell's from, you know, coming to America. Mm. It's like, yeah, but we're McDowell's. McDonald's is across the street. Yeah, but you can't do that. Like, <laughs> but you can and you're going to sell burgers. You know what I mean? Um so like pulling on nostalgia and pulling on those comfort, like those things and those guilty pleasures and stuff like that happens a lot in this record as well. But it's it's through a, I, Your through interpretation. a filter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's what we do is like the collaborate going back to the everything that I do, everything that anyone does is a collaboration, too, because, you know, an artist could think they're doing this very, very kind of like this is my thing and everyone stay away from me. You are being influenced by every single breath and every single, you know, Thing that you pass and whatever it's just, it, that's just the way that kind of life is mm. and i think you, you've said that you don't like purposefully try to be unique like mm -mm. you're not like uh you know uh because this is a thing that comes up with you whether it be interviews or whatever like people try to fit you into a box into a genre what sound are you how like when you try to ex describe yourself but you're like i don't wanna you don't feel like you need to be categorized yeah, and I mean that it, you're absolutely right. That does come up a lot. It's like, what would you say that it, I'm like? I don't really want to answer that because who? Why do I have to? Like, but it's not necessarily like I'm so different. I'm gonna be this different genre bending. That word comes up, and I'm like, I'm not bending anything. I'm just being. I'm just being. And I think that like you, others can compare. You know, we always want to compare because we want to know what what to sell or we want to know what to what to expect before you eat it like you smell the food before you eat it kind of thing I don't mm. know if that's how it is that's how it is but um yeah I'm not necessarily wanting to be like we're weird and wacky and like unique and I think the second you even like think about that things get weird yeah it's like trying to be cool or something or trying to be trying to be different you, you end said up being that exactly like the same fo forced art is just creepy 
Yeah. Not necessarily. Where did I say that? When did I say that? You've said that before. Like, yeah. what, is, what do you mean by that? It's just creepy. Well, creepy. It's just corny. It's yeah. just like not necessary and not re- like creepy, creepy as in just like too thinky, too pre, pre, um, determined. Yeah. Too pre, um, meditated. Meditated. Yeah. So I think just to kind of, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're all like as an artist myself, I'm constantly trying to just like, um, understand myself and the world around me. So mm. it, it it's always going to be a process of just like finding your natural like way forward mm. in everything you do kind of thing. So Zaki, like I've had like hundreds, I've interviewed so many artists and especially Canadians as well too. And like, you know, some of them are like, uh, not like it's a privilege to be blessed to say to do music full time. Right. Uh, we always hear that in Canadian artists of like, you know, some of them got to get it a nine to five. Some of them got to, and some of them, as you heard the Myrna interview, like when you try to like force your art, your love, your passion to 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 be able to uh, sustain you financially, mm-hmm. it's you could kind of kill it. Yeah. Right. So if you're going three months, three like you're traveling all around the world. Like, how are you able to stay, sustain yourself as a as an artist? It's a tricky one. Yeah. It's a tricky one because in this in this uh decade plus um it's a journey of mine i feel like there have been moments where i'm like wait 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 i'm depending on this too much and i'm nec- i'm don't want to take that gig but mm, it's going to pay the bills and that's when you're like wait i'm depending on this too much or i'm checking record sales and it's like mm, i spent all this money and all this time to do this record and it's not selling it like that kind of thing it's just like um to keep a, a check on that, I think. I, f- I feel like I've. It's 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 a tricky one. It is a tricky one, and at the same time, it can it can cause. Um, you've got to almost ha- have these two brains that like, that like work perfectly together. That left and right, that creative and that you know, calculated. That like businesswoman, business business person, and and and. Uh, and just like formless, creative, like wild, wild like the wind kind of kind of brain, and try to have them work in harmony. And it's a constant struggle to do that because they don't really like get along that well. One kind of suffocates the other inevitably. Some people do it beautifully, but for a lot of creatives, it's really really a struggle. Um, and I think that's the thing is that like you. As, as creatives, I think we have to just learn to be um, be gentle with that creative side of the brain as well as like give some time and discipline and attention to learning those skills to to organize and be like smart about, you know, maybe do some other things that are income stream to alleviate the pressure that that happens with, you know, those kinds of things. But it's a constant check up, ch- checking up on you know, not to strain that, that precious, like, creative side, mm. I think. Uh, what would you say has been, like, the like? Uh, can you tell me a story when it was the most challenging and frustrating time that you were having in your art, in your career? Take us to that, to that moment. I think there are way too many stories like that. Yeah? <laughs> Maybe. Um, challenging, frustrating time. Yeah, it's like, oh... Um, I think there've been different ones because sometimes, I mean, the challenge, the challenges and the frustrations are sometimes what I'm realizing, what I have realized in, 
every time in hindsight is that it's not exactly what I think that it is. The frustrations are actually like almost like giving too much power to um, something like you give it like the outside kind of frustrations, whether it's like uh, the industry, the big bad record industry or like let's look at the internet for instance I don't know like I kind of I have this like love not love hate but I just kind of like have steer always kind of been a little bit shy of the internet which is like the biggest like you have to if you want to be an independent like you know power to the people artist like you have to be okay with the internet and me I'm just like well I don't know I don't want to like check for likes and I don't want to buy followers and I don't want to but it's also currency at the same time and that kind of thing so I've gone through periods of just like staying off offline for periods of time and then it's kind of not detrimental but like it's caused a lot of like but you're not even present like you're we want to be this artist and you're not connecting with your with your fan base or you're not connecting you just deleted your whole account or you've done like those kinds of things so I'm like well because I don't want it to be about that I do want to connect with people, but I don't want it to be just about like that currency and that flow and that kind of thing. Um, the point of the, <laughs> the point of the story was like, were there any frustrated? There are constantly these frustrations and those kinds of things that I'm trying to that I'm trying to still like work through and that kind of thing. I, f- I feel like um, uh, it sounds uh, like the form versus the formless, <laughs> as you you were saying, those two brains. Yes. In that example, the social media. Yeah, and that comes right. up a lot, though. I mean, you can even think about, like, 10 years ago, like, being being signed to Sony. Yeah. Um, Not even really, like, knowing what I wanted to do next and those kinds of things, but at the same time, be wanting to be like, okay, no, I'm, like, I'm going to get such a grip on my business. I'm going to be all business because I'm not going to let these forces that be like change anything about my creative, like that kind of thing. And then that just being like completely killing my, my creative process and like, just not even wanting to be, I don't know how, like if the, if you're, it's like as a, as a creative in a, in an environment where you feel like your, your back is up, like if you're not trusting or if you're not, you feel like, you know, someone's going to come in and like, or is examining everything you're doing, whatever it is. Um, it's it's very difficult to flow and so um yeah it's been over time there's been these moments of that of that struggle that left and right in that and that uh that balance and it just doesn't stop it just comes it, and it, it comes in different forms and yeah. that's the thing is that like we meet versions of ourselves over and over again going back to the album theme kind of thing is that like there's different forms of everything there's different forms of frustration there's different forms of love there's different forms of like ourselves and that kind of thing that there's always an opportunity to learn more. And when you think it's like um, a bunch of progress and then like, you know, two, one step forward, two steps back, quoting pa- Paula Abdul, mm. <laughs> which is like when you think that there's all this progress and then and you're like, oh, man, I'm never learning. I'm doing it. But you are because there's that that spiral. There's that like overlapping time that's like allowing you to just kind of like keep blooming and keep blooming and keep blooming and if you look at it that way I feel like the flow is that much more or you know the the story is that much more beautiful too it's not like it doesn't go up like into a peak and then this happens and then there's this you know there's this line that you know. so what keeps you motivated still what keeps you still in it 
um, nature. <laughs> I don't know. It's my nature. I don't know. I'm just, I'm following my truth. I'm following my, my story. And I'm, I'm definitely trying to honor that child within, um, being, trying to be patient with myself, trying to, um, continue to learn, um, and just make way for more good than shitty, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like really paying attention to things that are really beautiful and just blessings and having more gratitude for everything, being able to do this thing, being able to live in like downtown Toronto, being able to like bounce around the, the globe and just be um, connecting with beautiful souls all the time. It's like living the dream. Yeah, the highs are really so, high with this with this music thing. They're really high, yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 sometimes you can dip into the lows and stuff like that, but it's like you still kind of move along with it because it's yeah. your 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 in a way your therapy is the music or is the is the um the music video or it's the it's the creative you know process process. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of challenges, one 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 of the ones is uh, being a mom. Mm-hmm. I think you said it's the biggest test of fucking humanity. What? <laughs> I did not speak like that. <laughs> Never. The challenges are real and you're constantly being tested. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I must have been frustrated that day. I don't know where you're grabbing these things. I think it's awesome. I think that it's the best thing that's ever happened. That also sounds like super cliche, but like... um. <laughs> Everything just has gotten better. Everything. Um, and it I wouldn't say like when you have a baby, this is what happens. This human being that's like come into my life is just my homie. Like he's just, you know, um and yes, being a mom, you're responsible for this child and there's like the frustrations and then, you know, the child gets tired and starts screaming for no reason and like maybe punches you in the face a couple times that's cool like just roll with the punches but it's 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 been um way more positive than any kind of like frustration any kind Mm. of thing like that even though the whole idea of like bouncing around and taking him on a plane and having to like set up a um it, it he keeps me on my toes definitely keeps me on my toes and I like you know having to go with the intuition and trusting the intuition and learning more about my what that is that intuition thing um and should anything happen I know that I would be like go on and like I don't I would be probably a wild animal <laughs> or I would turn into like some kind of superhuman that like you know um but everything kind of has shifted into another whole whole nother level. Mm. And what has been inspiring you lately, Zaki? Not only musically, just what what's been inspiring you, giving you goosebumps. Lately, lately. Yeah. Um, this last this last um little little bout, this last little time in South Africa, I definitely connected to more nature than city and human contact and those kinds of things i felt like i i went inward by connecting to 
um, like going for, for eight hour hikes and climbing mountains and doing those kinds of things and going into the ocean, just standing there and those kinds of things. And, you know, again, feeling the gratitude and feeling the blessing of being able to do that. There were some shows that were canceled that meant like, oh shit, like that's a lot of like my my financial projections and like how am I going to feed my family and like that kind of thing. And then being able to just actually take that time instead of preparing for those shows and, and that kind of thing. Um, the shows were canceled almost... because you went on the hike. No. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> no, they were canceled and I was like, I got to go uh, on a hike. Uh, okay. <laughs> or like, I just got to dip out. I actually went and did this 10-day random it came across my path I, I went on a 10-day vipassana meditation intensive course meditation course sorry where you don't look at anybody you don't speak to anybody for 10 days you don't have a phone there's no nothing there's no time there's no clock there's no that kind of thing and you have to learn how to sit still for hours and hours and hours and i thought i was gonna lose my mind I was like, yeah, 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 I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's cool. Because I said it out loud. I was like, I think I just need to, everything's just falling apart. I just have to go and do this thing. I want to I want to go in, in silence. And someone's like, well, there is this thing. Do you meditate? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I meditate. And then got to the place I was like, I've never meditated. This is This is definitely new for me because I can't sit still for an hour. And you have to be able to sit still for an hour. So Vipassana is a, a way of... It's a meditation where you basically observe your breathing um, and then the sensations in your body, you're working within your body to, uh, it's, it's the scanning of your body, but in a way where you're almost sitting down and you're doing, it's like hard work. It's hard work to not go off. Also as a creative, like you, there's this whole world of imagination or you're having these conversations with people that like you have beef with or like you're having you know all of these things and you have to know like discipline yourself to be like I am focusing on my breathing and what that feels like is it hot is it cold is it itchy is it this is it what's going on and then you know the day one and two you're just focusing on the breathing that's going through your nose like what what is that why how that's impossible like I'm losing my mind I'm going everywhere except for here and then day two you start to like scan your head Day three, you scan your head and then you start to kind of like understand, like, and then you, it's the outside layer and then it's the inside layer and you start to be able to feel everything that's going on inside your body, your heart rate, those kinds of things. It might take another like, I don't know, 50, 10 day meditation thing, silent meditation things to actually master it. Um, sounds really hard man it was hard yeah, yo yeah, yeah. it was hard and I signed up for it and a lot of people left I only knew that because there were some shoes that I stopped seeing after a while um, and it was also like crazy on day six I was crying I couldn't stop crying because I was like I can't do this like my mind is crazy I'm losing my mind there's all this you know I can't you know and it was a lot of it was like I I started to pay attention to the thoughts, but then not indulge them too much because, oh, shit, I got to get back to work. I got to get back to work on my breathing, on what sensation am I feeling, excruciating pain. Why can't I sit still? Okay, just put out those questions. Those questions mean nothing. Just do the work. Um. So, yeah, there, there was that. And coming out the other end of that, I was like, oh, 
<laughs> I didn't know that that's what I signed up for, but in a way it set me on a course that was is is a lot more um it's it's self-empowering because everything that's in within the framework of your body and your mind and your spirit and all of those things is you have everything that you need to be able to heal yourself and also like you know you, you can pay attention a lot more to what you put out and what you take in how you react to things why you react to things in a certain way. Um, a lot of it is bouncing emotion and it has nothing to do with you, but you just react to it because it's, and then the whole point is missed. So there was that. <laughs> and then. Very deep. I was like thinking myself right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Zachy. No, uh, um, sorry, you were finishing your thought. No, and then okay. that that happened. Then I was like, okay, this is this is interesting. So then I went on an, a few other kind of meditation things and and just tapped into the land and like felt like actually I need mm -hmm. to to kind of ground myself a little bit more in order to do anything else moving I, forward. I, I feel like this society on this end, the Western, like we need more of these things. Mm -hmm. of even like trying meditation because I do try like with an app. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's but, cool. But like, that's cool. Uh, we live like these apps on our phone in terms of social media that it's like literally they have these people and these social media companies that are, that are working to addict you mm -hmm. to all these apps. Yeah. They're yeah, yeah, working yeah. on that. I forget what they're called, but they're like their job is to make you not leave. Yeah, I know. I know. It gets crazy. It gets crazy. And you can go down the rabbit hole with those two. Like I, I've been there. I've been there even like through like because insomnia is something that I, I, I've like dealt with will just been kind of like in my life since I was about 11 years old. And then like later on realizing there's like sleep, there's like sleep music or there's sleep vibrations. And, and I don't even deal with that stuff anymore, like at all, because I'm like, I actually don't know what what's going on. Like, I don't know who's making these apps, who's making these, um, you know, so I just have kind of come back to also leaving your phone man like just leaving it's cool to just like turn off your phone every once in a while and go into like imagine like I, I felt there was a point um there have been a couple of points where like oh my god I'm 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 dealing with so much anxiety and anxiety is a word that comes up all the time so much anxiety there's like um and it can be paralyzing like real like you can't breathe you can't move it can be something that stops you from just your mind is like you can't function, stop. A lot of it is linked to your cell phone and those apps. And to be able to like realize you can live without it and you can live without, you know, that kind of thing is is, is empowering. Like, you know, because I, I realized I was like, when do I get anxiety? When is this? What's going on? What's really going on? A lot of it is like when my phone dies. Or like, I don't, I've run out of data or whatever, you know what I mean? Like those kinds of things. And it's like, how can this thing have so much power and have, have so much presence in my life? It can't, can't be like. Mm. Yo, Zaki, it's been a pleasure. Thank you uh, for coming through. <laughs> Thank uh, we went everywhere, I think. We went everywhere. <laughs> well, no, actually, I mean, we could talk for another couple of hours <laughs> and go a lot more. I don't know if our listeners would continue to tune in. <laughs> Maybe we'll have you back for a part two. But what did you want to leave the listeners, our listeners with? What do you want to leave them with? I definitely would like you to listen to the album. It's called The Secret Life of Planets. Um, it is 
it's got a it's got a lot of joy in it. It's got a lot of like um I I feel like it's something that can be really uh taken in in different <clears throat> in different uh situations or whatever. I don't know. I think that I just like to leave um some positivity and that kind of thing for the listeners. Mm. <laughs> I'm enjoying the record. It's definitely perfect for, you know, it's you can dance to it. It has uplifting uh, sounds. Mm. Uh, you guys did a great job. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and it's out everywhere for the people to, to check it out. The Secret Life of Planet, Zaki Ibrahim. Yes. I must be really proud of it, right? I'm proud of it. I'm yeah. very proud of it. Awesome. Uh, I want to thank you once again for coming on the Come Up thank Show. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Yo, what did you guys think of my interview with Zaki Ibrahim? Her album is out now. Make sure you check it out everywhere. Once again, the Come Up Show podcast is now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to the Come Up Show on SoundCloud, I strongly recommend you get on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, because eventually we're going to be getting off SoundCloud. You know what I mean? Moving on to bigger and better things. I, it's your boy Cheddar. I'll catch you on next Wednesday. Peace.